All right, got rid of the riffraff. Just get the old people in here. All right, let's pray real quick, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you this morning, Lord, just to thank you once again to to be in your house, to hear your word, Lord, and to open your Bible and, and to read these verses, Lord, and, and to get maybe the ideas that and, and, and the precepts that, that you have for us, Lord. And Lord, that I ask you that you open minds and hearts today to this word, and Lord, that it, it will change somebody, Lord, to change a heart, change a mind towards you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. So as we continue on our journey today, we're going to start talking about... Um, Something that, that, you know, it's a verse, and it's, it's in, mentioned in the Bible, and, and uh, we see it in songs, Christian songs and stuff, uh, about walking in newness of life. Walking in newness of life, you know. And that's a term that we really know what it means. You know, once you get saved, you walk in newness of life. And that's what we're going to start off talking about. And um, because it, it's part of our lives, and it's part of what we're responsible for. And we need to really understand where that, what that is for a Christian. You know, if we're going to actually follow Christ like we should. And let's start off with Romans chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 4. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. <clears throat> the Bible says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So, we're talking about what does that mean, walking in newness of life, and, and to, to walk in the newness of life, to actually walk in that. You know, we've been talking about walking with God and, and following Jesus Christ. And, and it's talking about is, is we should live, once you're saved, that walking in newness of life means you should live every single day for the rest of your life, every single day for the rest of your life, showing that you're saved and you have been freed from that... the, the Sin's control in your life. Sin should not control you any longer because you're walking in newness of life. Christ paid for those sins, and that's what we're going to look at, be looking at today. And we'll stay right there in Romans chapter 6 for a second. Let's look at verse 1. <clears throat> it says, Paul's talking to us, and he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, what we're looking at is is Paul is arguing here against the idea that Christians should continue to sin that grace may abound. Because grace is what gives us salvation from sin, right? It's God's grace. He didn't have to give us. We we can pay for our own sin and we can't pay that price. But through his grace, right? So he's preaching against this idea that Christians are released by grace from the obligation to observe the moral law. Okay? And, And... Sin does not cause grace, right? But some people think that, you know, the more you sin, the more grace you get. And that Paul's saying, no, we can't think like that. And let's look at Romans 5.20. Romans 5.20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded... Grace did much more abound. Grace did much more abound. So we, we should not conclude that, that since, since grace abounds to cover our sins, right? We know that. Grace abounds to cover our sins. Christians are free to sin so they can experience more grace. 
That is a crazy, crazy thinking. And that's what we're, he's kind of getting to. He says, like, so you're going to sin more so grace would abound? Why? What's wrong with you? So let's look at Romans, uh, still in chapter 6. Look at verse 2. It says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, because if once you're saved, you're dead to sin, right? Live any longer therein. Live any longer therein in what? In sin. And this is Paul's response to such an argument about, you know, we sin more so we can get more grace, right? What was his words right there? He says, God forbid. God forbid, right? So Paul, he's, he's asserting to the Christians that, that Christians have died to sin, right? And that what happened when? At point of salvation. You died to your sin at the point you accepted Christ as your Savior, right? So... If you save, then you can therefore not live in habitual sin and, and live in unrepentant sin. You just can't keep going that way because what does it say? Newness of life. OK, so we, we're out of that. We can't do that anymore. And the availability of, of God's superabundant grace should in no way encourage us to continue ongoing sin. Right. And, and the sin that 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 we have in our life, you, you're saved by that sin because you experience the grace of God. Okay? So having the idea, and this is some people may have this idea, and I think this is, this is kind of what Paul's talking about, is, and we have that idea today that, oh, okay, now I'm saved. I went to church. I listened to a pastor. I went down the altar and I got saved. So I'm saved. That means I'm going to heaven, right? So it's okay for me to sin now because... God will forgive me. If you have that attitude, you're not saved. Okay? And that's what he's talking about. You shouldn't have the attitude that, oh, I'm saved, so whatever I do now, God's going to cover it. That's the wrong attitude. Okay? And he says, God forbid. Let's look at Romans chapter, still in chapter 6. Let's look at verse 3, though. It says, Know ye not that so many of us uh, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death, baptized into his death. So Paul's going on to to argue uh, that Christians are baptized into Christ's death. Right. And, and this is because of the union that a Christian has with Christ at his death. OK, so Christ died on that cross for our sins. Well, when you get saved, you're dead to your sins. Now you're joined with Christ in death. Okay, not a, a physical death for us. It's a spiritual death. Okay? <clears throat> and so we're, we die to that sin. And now Christians, once we die, our formal way, formal way of living, our former lifestyle, whatever we did before is done. Okay? It's dead. Just like in the physical sense. You're born, you live a physical life, and you have a physical death. That's an end to something, right? It's an end to that physical life. Well, when you get saved, that's the end to your sin. It's done. It's paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, you have to live in newness of life, right? So let's go to, um, and thinking about this, hold on. So the, through the work of the Holy Spirit, right? The work of the Holy Spirit is what meets us there at salvation, and when we accept Christ as our Savior, we, we're repented of our sins and we meet him in salvation through the work of the Holy Spirit. Then at that moment, that moment, you're joined to Christ. OK, that's a spiritual baptism. 
Okay? Now, after you get saved, at some point you'll get, you know, dunked in a tank, and that's a physical baptism. But we're talking about a spiritual baptism that happens at the moment of salvation. Okay? You're baptized to Christ, I mean, with Christ in death, in his death. He died for our sins. Now your sin is dead because you have accepted him as your Savior. So let's look on. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Galatians 3, verse 27, the Bible says, For as many many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now let's read 28 too. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? So there's no boundaries anymore. You're not Jew or Gentile. You're not a slave. You're not free. You're not male. You're not female in Christ's eyes. You are one of his. Once at that point of salvation, you become part of the family of God. And you're there. You're his child. Okay. And, and the, the spiritual reality that we're looking at is, is Paul spoke of this is that by, by faith, Christians are baptized, right? Spiritually, we're baptized. We're placed into Christ. Okay. You're not placed with Christ. And this is kind of important to think about. You're not placed with Christ. You're placed in Christ. There's a big difference. Big difference. You know, if you say, you know, I'm at my house, you could be out in the yard or in the driveway. But if you're in your house, you're actually inside. Okay, so we are in Christ. Okay, and thereby we are united with Christ. And now we are identified with Christ. Okay, and this is all, this is nothing you do. This is something the Holy Spirit does. It's his work, right? So the spiritual reality is physically seen and shown by Christians' baptism in water. And that's what we have. You have a spiritual baptism when you get saved. Then you have a physical baptism. And that's your physical uh, showing that I'm with Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm showing the world that when I go down to that tank, that now I'm identifying with Christ. That's physical. Okay. And the one baptism by water is a a physical picture, right, of yourself being joined by Christ. But the spiritual truth is the the baptism that we have when we are, when we're saved, we're immediately identifying with Christ spiritually then. Okay, and being baptized into Christ means that you're clothed with Christ. Christ is around you. He's in you. He's your protector. He's everything now. You're in Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead, he was raised from the dead uh, by the majestic power of God, the father in heaven. Right. He was raised from the dead. So every Christian has experienced a spiritual resurrection at salvation from your old life to your new life. And it's that same power from God the Father through Jesus Christ. The exact same power that raised Christ from the dead, raised you from your old ways to walk in newness of life. And that's what we kind of understand this. This is all a spiritual thing, right? So let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. It 
2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, remember we're in Christ. If therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things have become new to you, right? So to walk in this newness of life, it means that, that we have made a, a complete, complete break from our formal sinful lifestyle. Okay, you have to understand that you can't get saved and keep your sinful lifestyle. You have to break away from it. Okay, now now that you've broken away from that lifestyle, that sinful lifestyle, you're living as a spiritually resurrected person. We're still here physically. You know, once you get saved, you're still going to have all the warts and bumps and, and gray hairs and everything that you had before. But spiritually, you're new. Okay, you are new, a new resurrected person. This new life is radical and it's instantaneous. It's a transformation from a sinful life to a life lived by grace in Christ. And no true Christian could, could believe the idea that, that a continuation of their sin that they did before salvation is the same thing they're going to do after salvation. There is no way. Okay, if you do, you're, you got salvation in some other way because it's not the way that the Bible teaches. And, and we may break away from our old lifestyle at the moment of salvation. That's what we do. We break away from it. It's done. And it's a radical transformation. It's instantaneous. Okay? You're not going to want to do those things again. You're going to be tempted, but you're going to know that it's wrong. And you're going to have to find your strength in Christ. Okay? So let's go to Ephesians 2.1. Ephesians 2.1. Ephesians 2.1. The Bible says, and, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That quickened means what? It means made alive. Okay? And you think about this. So God is, is a triune God, right? We know there's God the Father. God the Son, which is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, who's here with us today, right? We're also three. We have a physical body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. Physical body, we can all see. Your soul is who you are. It's your personality. Your spirit, though, that's God's, okay? And it says he quickened. He made alive. What did he make alive? Your body? No, it was already alive. Your soul? No, you were already walking around talking, right? He quickened your spirit. He made your life, I mean, he made your spirit alive at salvation. So continuing sin does not cause grace to abound. It merely shows that we're spiritual. If you're still sinning like you did before salvation, as you do after, it shows that you're still spiritually dead. You didn't get quickened. Okay. You have not been freed from that bondage of sin because you still do it freely and it doesn't bother you. It's okay. You know? That's the difference. If you're saved, you're truly saved, you got quickened, your spirit got livened. So now your spirit's going to be that little voice inside you saying, that's not right. You don't do that anymore. Okay? So let's go to Romans 6 again. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. <clears throat> the Bible says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for Ye are not under the law, 
but under grace. That's what we're talking about, that grace. The word, the word newness in this case has nothing to do with, with, with time, right? The emphasis is on the quality of life, not the length of your life, okay? You could be saved at, at, at 85 and, and die a moment later. And for that moment, you had grace, you were saved, right? And the Christian's life is new. And for that moment, it was new. That person's life was new, right? He was a babe in Christ because he didn't have time to grow. But the Christian's life is new and it's in contrast to what? What are we talking about new? What is in contrast? Well, it's contrast to the old, which is your old pre-salvation lifestyle. It's your old sins. It's your old ways you did things. And the new life is one that's, that is dedicated no longer to sin, but it's dedicated to the glory of God. And that's your difference. That's why you're new. And after salvation, sin, and right here we see it, says sin no longer has dominion over you. It means it no longer has control over you. Okay? You're free from it. And just as Christ was raised from the dead physically, so a Christian at, at salvation, they're raised from the dead spiritually. Right. And now they can enjoy a new quality of life. You can have a better life than you've ever had before. Just follow Christ. Right. And Christians, now now that you're walking the newness of life, you must conduct yourselves in, in, in or walk in a way that is consistent with your new spiritual status. You're born again. You're new. You're a babe, right? So let's look at Romans. I'm going to read Romans 6 and we'll read 1 through 4 together and just listen to this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Okay, so we're talking about here is a Christian who continues to sin and, and lives in sin and doesn't bother them. They just keep going. It's just they're rolling, right? They apparently were not baptized into Christ's death. They didn't make that option, right? They didn't make that boat. So which salvation? Uh, that is salvation, right? When you're baptized into Christ's death, that's salvation. And then they, weren't, they didn't get that salvation, so they didn't get to be raised to a spiritual life. They didn't get that spiritual baptism. Their spirit is not alive. They were not quickened because they're still okay with their life. Their life didn't change at all, Okay. They weren't new. They are not new. So let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. And 1 through 3. The Bible says, If ye then, being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Very strong right there, right? But basically that tells you what to do as a Christian, right? So true Christians, you've died from your sin, and you've been risen with Christ. You've died from your sin, you're risen with Christ, and now you, you must walk in this newness of life. Newness of life, and that's the evidence. That newness of life, they'll see a change in you. That newness is evidence that you were spiritually transformed. 
And you are spiritually transformed at what? At salvation. So if you question your salvation, this may be a way to figure it out. Okay? So what is this newness of life that we keep talking about? Let's go back to Romans chapter 7. Romans 7. Romans 7 verse 6. The Bible says, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Okay? Well, what is this talking about? It's talking about a Christian. You will have a new spirit, right? So your old spirit was dead. Christ quickened you at salvation, and you have a new spirit now, and that is opposed to your oldness. And the oldness of the letter, that means your past. Okay? Think about it as a history book. You write down history in a book, right? And that's your past. That's your letter. But you're new. You're completely 100% new. And let's go to Colossians 3.10. Colossians 3.10. Colossians, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 10. And the Bible tells us, "And, and, And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Your knowledge is new, right? And why, how do you get that new knowledge? It comes from God. It's salvation, right? And this is a Christian. We'll have new principles now. You'll have new, new ideas and you'll have new activities and new characteristics that define your new life because you're walking in newness of life, right? And, and Christians now, they will have Guess what? New goals. And they'll have new guides to guide their behavior. So in the old, before salvation, your goal might have been, you know, every Friday night, can I get to the bar with my buddies and drink and have a great time? Okay? Well, that is going to be gone now. Because you have a newness. Your spirit is alive now. Other times your spirit was dead, so it didn't bother you, right? You're going to be new. So now your behavior is going to be new. So if your behavior was to come home every day and, you know, turn on the TV and and put down a six-pack before you go to sleep. No, you're new. You won't do that anymore. You're not going to even want to do that. Okay? Because you're going to have a new behavior. Okay? And, And this, think about it. This newness, right? Newness, what happens? When you have a child, that child is brand new at birth, right? 100% 100% brand new. And I think it's kind of interesting. They say that, that the body, when it's born from the point of birth to the, the uh, or point of conception until, the, until six days, the body is growing. There's no death. But on the seventh day, the body starts dying. It starts producing dead cells. Isn't that amazing? Six days, seventh day, there you go, baby. You can't tell me God didn't, isn't creating everything. Um, I know that's a side note, but I just, I just found that so awful, awesome that, you know, newness is a birth, right? So the child is birth. Well, then once the child is born in this world, they begin to what? Grow. And we're talking spiritually. They begin to grow. Okay. And the, the more they grow, well, how do they grow? They have to learn. So they learn from their parents and they learn from school and they learn from people around them. And God forbid they learn from TV and the internet, but they grow. Okay. 
And that's, you know, their sin nature is drawn to the bad stuff, but they're growing. Well, we're talking about spiritual, right? So at spiritual birth, God, at salvation, you get a spiritual birth and God births you. You're brand new. You're born again, okay? This is what we're talking about, being born again. So now you are growing, Okay, but you're growing under the influence of God. How do you grow? You grow by praying. You go by reading your Bible. You grow by going to church, going to Sunday school, listening to to sermons and 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 spending time with other Christians and growing and growing and growing. Right. And you grow. Guess what? As you grow, if you're growing the right way, your character will be more like God's character. Okay, and your conduct will be more like God's conduct. Okay. You know, remember back in the was 80s or 90s, I think it was 90s, what would Jesus do? Exactly. What would Jesus do? Because you're growing. You're growing. And this is called spiritual maturity. Okay? You may, you may be 50 years old when you get saved, so you're 50 years old. Your body is 50 years old, but your spirit is brand new because you have a new, you've been born again. So that's when your spiritual maturity begins. You might have already had a physical maturity for 50 years, but now you have a spiritual birth, spiritual maturity. Okay. Now, there are people that get saved and they just stay there. They stay babies because they don't have the desire and they resist it. Okay. But if you're born again and you're truly being called by God, you're going you're gonna to desire that milk. You're going to desire the word of God. You're going to want to read your Bible. You're going to want to know more. You're going to read the commentaries. You're going to ask your pastor questions or, or whoever's spiritually in charge of you, you know, or, or you know, a, a wife come to the husband. Unless the husband's not saved, but you're going to want to grow. That's just normal. Okay. And that's what we're talking about. So let's go to Philippians 2, 3. Philippians 2, 3. Back the other way. Philippians 2. Verse 3 says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Better than themselves. One more. Let's look at Philippians 3.10. Philippians 3.10, and then we'll talk about these. Philippians 3, verse 10, the Bible says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable unto his death. So what is this power we're talking about? Well, this new, this new power is what you get at salvation, and it enables Christians both to do the will and, and to do the pleasure of God the Father. You can't do it on your own. You can't be saved on your own, and once you're saved, you can't grow on your own. It has to be through the power of God. God gives you that growth and you have to seek it and you're going to have to accept it also because you could be, God could be calling you and you could be resistant. You know, you know, he tells you in the Bible many things to do like children obey your parents. Okay. How bad do they resist that? You know, wives submit to your husbands. How much is that? How much is that resisted? It goes against our old nature. Okay? Before salvation, you don't understand submission. After salvation, you should understand it. Right? And that's what we're talking about. That power of God gives the, gives, enables Christians to do what is right in God's eyes and to do what pleases God. Okay? 
And let's go to Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22 says, the Bible says, but, here we go, listen to this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Let's just keep going. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Okay, the fruit of the Spirit. So when do you get the fruit of the Spirit? At salvation. At salvation, right? And once you're saved, every one of these, all of these that we just mentioned, the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all of those should be evident in a Christian's life. If you have the, the stuff that is above that a few verses, if you still have that in your life and you don't have these, maybe your spirit did not get quickened. Okay? Maybe you just said a prayer. There's no change in you. You don't have the newness of life. Okay? You need to look at those. And, and conversion at salvation is the beginning of a new life for a Christian. Okay, everything, all the old things are gone away. We know that. And you walk in newness of life. So let's look at some more verses. Let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to the Old Testament. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36. Okay, so Ezekiel 36 and verses 26 and 27. Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. The Bible says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep the, my judgments, and do them. Okay, that's pretty plain right there. If you can't figure that one out, sorry. God will put his spirit within you, and you will walk in what he wants you to walk in. Right? Let's look at John 3, 7. John chapter 3 and verse 7. And here, this was Christ's teaching. Chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Okay? That's what we're talking about. You have to be born again. You're born physically once. We all know that. Everybody's born physically once. But only those who come to Christ in repentance and ask him to forgive them and ask him to be their savior, they are the only ones that get the second birth. Nobody else gets it. That's born again. And Nicodemus, we know the story of Nicodemus. He was like, how can I be born again? Can I be put into my mother's womb again? Well, no, physically you can't. Because Christ wasn't talking physical. He was talking spiritual. And that's, I think that's really hard for, for people to understand. Spiritual realm, we cannot see. We cannot see God. We cannot see the Holy Spirit. Okay? But it's a spiritual birth. And our faith is through the Spirit. And you can't have faith in Christ 
and, and faith in God until your spirit is alive. You just can't. If your spirit is dead, it cannot understand the spiritual things. It can't even partake of the spiritual things. You have to be born again. And that's what he says here. Ye must be born again. It doesn't say he, he doesn't say you should be born again or you might be born again to get to heaven. No. He's saying you must be born again. So what's the only way to get to heaven? You must be born again. You must. There's no, nothing to way around it, you know. <clears throat> so let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Look at the verbiage in here. It says, if any man, any. That doesn't mean some. And it says he is. He is a new creature. Not he might be a new creature. It says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Not just part of you becomes new. All of you becomes new. Okay? That means you don't get saved and you can keep this sin over here. Okay? That means you get saved and all of it's gone. It says, old things are passed away and all things become new. You know, God is very particular. There's no wiggle room with him. There's no gray zone. It's black and white. Okay? All things are passed away because you are now new. Let's look at it, Galatians 6.15. Galatians 6.15. Galatians 6, verse 15. The Bible says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. A new creature. He's talking about a new creation. Okay, you are a brand. When you get saved, you are a brand new creation. You're not the old person. You're the new person. You are completely 100 percent brand new. Just why. That's why he says you have to be born again. Okay, you are starting new, just like a baby born in this earth is starting new at salvation. You start new. You are born again. So let's look at. um, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 22 through 24. Ephesians 4 verse 22 through 24. The Bible says, That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay? That's spiritual. That's not physical. Okay? If you're a physical person and you get saved and you live your life without Christ and you do a bunch of sin and maybe those sins are apparent in you physically. Let's say you get a bunch of tattoos. Okay? Then you get saved. You still have those tattoos, okay? But you're new spiritually. 
You're new spiritually. Maybe you can use those tattoos to witness to someone and say, this was my old man. This is physical. But the new man is spiritual. Okay? It's new. And let's look at 1 Peter 123. 1 Peter 123. First Peter, oops, I'm really lost. There we go. First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-three. The Bible says, "Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever." Okay. Born again. And right there it says born again, not of corruptible seed. So when you're born physically, you're born of corruptible seed because your parents were corrupt, corruptible. They, were, they had a sin nature at creation. When, when, when they joined together, that sperm and that egg, they had a sin nature right then. And they were born in sin. Okay, so you're born of corruptible seed. But it says here, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. And what is the incorruptible? The word of God. You're born through God, through his grace, right? And we see that each of these little verses that we just looked at, these portions of scripture, these parts of the Bible that we're looking at, they're, they're a, a witness to the fact that conversion marks the beginning of a new life for a Christian. You are new. So if you're new, you can walk in newness of life. Okay? Let's look at Romans 6.6. 6. Romans 6.6. 6. Back to old Romans. Romans 6, verse 6. The Bible says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Okay? So once you're saved... That old body, that old, that old sinful body, that old sinful nature is crucified, okay? And it's paid for on the cross by Jesus Christ. But then it says that, that sin is destroyed, that body of sin is destroyed, it's washed away, it's forgiven, okay? And then now you should no longer serve sin, okay? You should serve who? God. The rest of your life should be sent, spent doing what you can to please God, doing his will. Let's look at Romans 6.15. It says, the Bible says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. And we're talking about that. Yeah, you're saved. But that's not a ticket to go just do what you want to now. You can't go, I'm saved, I can sin. I can do what I want to because it's paid for. God said all my sins are paid for. Wrong can't do that. It says, God forbid. Because if you're saved, you're not going to want to do that anymore. You won't have that attitude of, I can sin freely now. If that's your idea of salvation, I think you missed the boat by a, a long ways. You can't do that. Because if you're truly sinned and that Holy Spirit is in you, and remember, you're in Christ. And Christ said, He has put a new spirit in you. You will be convicted even before you sin. He will hammer you and you'll go, man, I know this is wrong. And then guess what? You'll be, you'll be begging for forgiveness before you even finish your sin. Because he is going to hurt you because you're his now. Right? 
Let's look at Romans, um, not Ro- yeah, Romans 6. Let's look at 17 and 18, a couple of verses down. The Bible says, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. And that's what we all were. We were all servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Okay? Verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So you look at that. Before you were a servant of sin. Your whole life you were a servant of sin. And then at the point of salvation, when you truly got saved, that's it. You got changed, right? And you are now made free from sin and you become a servant of righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Servant of sin to servant of righteousness in an instant. That's by the grace of God. That's newness, right? You can't be a servant to sin and get saved and still be a servant to sin because that's not new. That would be the same thing. It's newness of life. Okay? Galatians 5.13 Galatians 5.13. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Liberty is freedom, guys. Liberty is freedom. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by by love serve one another. So you've been given liberty. You've been given freedom from sin. Okay, but he says, don't use that freedom just to go out and do more sin. Don't use that freedom to think, I can keep on sinning as I'm saved now. No, no. It says, serve one another in love. Love each other. And we talked about that Friday night, that love, that endless love that you cannot know how to love until you're saved. And then once you learn how to love, now you're required to love even your enemies. That's tough. That's a complete change. That's newness of life, wouldn't it be? The old love, I love tacos. Now, still love tacos, but, you know, I have a different love. I understand what love truly is. That is newness of life. Let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Now let's read verses 9 and 10. Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. His deeds? The old way, your old life, right? Verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Okay, so what are we talking about? We're talking about Christians, right? You put off the old man, you put on the new man. So what should your image be? Your image now should be the image of the God who created you. The God who saved you. The God who sent his son to die for you. That's what you should see. So we see as a Christian, the old pre-conversion lifestyle, that old sinful lifestyle, is not appropriate anymore for those who experience a conversion or, as we say, salvation unto Christ. Christians should rise up with Christ in a new life, right? He died physically and he rose. We die spiritually to our old sin, but our spirit is made alive, so we'll rise. 
we rise spiritually with him at salvation, right? And, and one day we'll rise physically either out of the grave or out of our car while we're driving around 610, whatever. When it happens, you're gone if you're saved, right? So Christians should rise with Christ in a new life and, and having been made dead to sin, because that's what it says. It says you're now made dead to sin, right? And, and as, as we are, we're dead in the grave, right? We can be dead in the grave. Christians are dead in the grave. So should we, so we should rise uh, to a holy life with Christ. Just as, as Jesus rose from the grave, one day we will rise from the grave. Okay? But the, the very baptism that we're talking about by our, just our profession, right? And, and, and at salvation, we become dead to sin. Spiritually dead to sin. Not physically. Spiritually dead to sin, Right? Just as Christ became dead, he died on a cross, right? And after being devoted to Christ and devoted to him, that, that through that spiritual baptism, now what? We're bound to him. We are in a union with Christ at salvation. Remember, we are put in Christ. And the Bible says that he, God promises he will put a new spirit in us, not with us. There's a big difference between with and in. And we need to understand that. And this is all a spiritual thing. And you change spiritually. Now that you're saved and you're bound to Christ and he's in you and you are in him, right? We're bound to him. So we, at that point of salvation, you rise in a newness of life. So if you're a Christian today, examine your life. Are you walking in newness of life? Or are you not saved? Are you a Christian and you're walking in newness of life, but you're not maturing because you're just not seeking that growth? Are you a Christian today and you're walking in newness of life, but you're resisting it? And that will be very apparent because you'll be miserable. You resist God and you will be spiritually miserable. You'll be physically, you'll start having physical ailments. You will be a most unhappy person. Examine your life, Christians. Where are you in this newness of life? Is there something you need to get right with Christ? You know, I, I encourage you to do it today if you need to. Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord, just to once again thank you, Lord. And I, I hope that it, we're able to understand this, this spiritual baptism, Lord. And Lord, how we are walking in a newness of life once we're saved, Lord. And, and how we can, through our own hard-headedness lord we can refuse to grow spiritually lord and and we can resist against you and, and cause many problems in our lives lord and and all you want us to do is is to just serve you and please you and and walk with you and in you lord and i ask you lord just to help us today understand this lord and and just keep us safe the rest of this day as we continue to to worship you lord and to learn from you in our in our next service lord in jesus name i pray amen